Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and super excited as I am every month because I get to talk to the most amazing women. And I'm excited to bring you yet another incredible role model. Her name is Sherry West, and she is a former corporate executive turned advocate for young women by founding her organization called Live Girl. And we're going to dive in and talk to her about this super cool organization. But First, welcome, Sherry. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Melinda. I'm delighted to be here and I love your podcast. I'm a big fan and I believe that conversation is the catalyst to change. So I'm excited to talk today. Excellent. Well, first, everybody knows I like to talk about what that big dream was growing up. When you were young, what did you think you were going to be doing and sort of what does your path look like getting to where you are today? Great question. So I actually grew up on a farm in Michigan. And so in terms of big dreams, you know, it really was just my parents always telling me that the sky's the limit. You can be be and do anything you want to do. And so really the big dream was to get off the farm <laughs> and go experience the world, which I was able to do after college. And I got my undergrad and master's at Michigan State University. I actually went to work in corporate America, first at PepsiCo and then GE, and had the opportunity to literally travel the world and see mm. the world. And that really was the dream, was to get out and experience this amazing, wonderful world. That's great. I think that whenever I talk to women who've been in the corporate world, I often get jealous. I'm like, oh gosh, that would have been so fun early in my career you know, to be able to do that. And then I talk to women who are sort of close to, I have, I have a good friend who is in kind of the C-suite. And, you know, it just got really, really hard. Travel is also has that downside, right? It's really, really tough and it's tough for family lives and just being able to participate in that, you know, what's going on in your regular life, right? Absolutely. I mean, I look back now and, and sometimes I wonder how I did it, but, you know, working 100, 120 hours a week traveling, actually during that time, being so dedicated to the career, losing touch a little bit with family and friends, there are some hard sacrifices I think it's especially hard for women and especially when they reach the point where they're ready to start a family to navigate that corporate culture and to kind of carve out the work-life balance. Yeah, unfortunately, work-life balance is pretty much non-existent. And I think that certainly we got a big, big taste of how non-existent it was when COVID hit. All of a sudden, the kids are home and under the feed and what do you do? Anyway, well, I want to kind of talk a little bit about your background, because I know that what you're doing now really was spurred on by some of your experiences in corporate America. And certainly we've all heard them. We watch the news, we read the Wall Street Journal and, you know, talking about just the discrimination and, and things that are going on with women in the corporate workforce. And unfortunately, it's still happening. You know, we do see women advancing, but we also see women still not getting to the top. So I'd love for you just to talk about some of your personal experiences that you had that actually finally made you say enough. 
I'm going to do something about this. So, I mean, I worked in corporate America for 17 years. And of course, during that time, experienced a lot of the standard obstacles that women face. I mean, this was back in the 90s and 2000s, pre-Me Too, you know, sexual harassment, you know, just kind of the old boy network. And then just that culture that we talked about a minute ago, that's so hard for women to keep up with, whether it's the networking that happens on the golf course or just the round the clock work crunch that is just so not conducive to, you know, work-life balance. That's when I also learned the power and the importance of mentoring and networking. And actually, while I was at GE, I was instrumental in its women's network first as a mentee and then as a mentor and really learned that it is absolutely essential for all people, but women especially, or people of color especially, who don't see the representation at the highest levels to have mentors and sponsors. You know, a mentor is someone who can guide you, a sponsor is someone who can make it happen for you, and you need both. I was lucky in GE to have the Women's Network and to have kind of a little bit of structure, but then Really, I think along the way, I became a parent to three beautiful humans and two boys and a girl and seeing the difference in their experience and the difference in their access to mentors and realizing that it's especially important for girls. And that is when, like you said, back in 2014, I said enough, I left the corporate world and I founded Live Girl as a way to pay it forward to the next generation of fierce female leaders and to really make a difference for this next generation. I just want to kind of hone in on your distinction between a mentor and a sponsor, because that's actually a question that I get asked a lot, because I think that that sponsors, unfortunately, aren't as prevalent for women in corporate America, but it's something that's so necessary that I always describe a sponsor as someone who talks about you when you're not in the room. So they really understand your successes and what you're doing, you know, versus a mentor who was really sort of that sounding board for you. And, and it's critically, and I just want to sort of highlight that critical importance, you know, for the women listening, if they're out there in the corporate world, great to have a mentor, but really finding those people who are going to go to the mat for you is going to be critical to that advancement. Absolutely. Actually, you know, we talk about at LiveGirl, kind of your personal board of directors. And, you know, if you think about having a, you know, a boardroom table, you're at the center of that table. You're the CEO of your personal board of directors, but around that table, you need lots of different people to help guide and support. And you need mentors. You need people that you can go to and troubleshoot things with. But a sponsor, like you said, is someone who can make things happen for you. The sponsor is going to come to you and say, hey, this job over here is available. You need to go apply for that. And I can help you network to meet the right people to connect on that job. So absolutely. And, you know, I like to say that networking does take work. You have to put the work in, but it is such an essential part to navigating the, the workforce, whether it be corporate or any sector, but you have to put the work in, you have to foster those relationships. You have to you know, stay on top of those relationships, but they will pay dividends in the end. Yes. I think it's important. I, last month's podcast, I was even saying this comes up literally every time I interview someone talking about the power of networks. And I think it's the underpinning of how women actually make that leap because, you know, the old boys network was formed, you know, out of that, out of like, oh, hey, I've got a buddy for that. I've got a buddy for that. And I think that women need to understand that these networks that they're building, they need to be sharing those networks. So it's not just about let me build my network and then keep it close. It's build my network, keep them close, keep in touch and then share them with the other women that I know. 
It's about this abundance. It's about paying it forward. And I think that that's really how they grow and how it becomes so much more powerful. Absolutely. You know, I like to say that not only do we need to take a seat at the table, but we need to pull up a chair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really what Live Girl's all about. It's paying it forward. And I think as we progress in our careers, I think, you know, initially when we first start out, 100% of the focus can be on that individual career. But then as we progress and become more senior and become more powerful as women, we need to spend more and more time to pay it forward and to make sure that we're bringing the younger generation of women along with us. And, you know, just on the networking topic, because I'm so passionate about this, we at Live Girl, we work with girls starting in grade five and go through college. And we have a college age program called She Works, which is a career readiness and internship program. And, you know, some people have asked me, why do you feel that it's so important to have, you know, a college age career networking program? And I say, because Forbes will tell you that 91% of college students get their internships through networks. And most of that is familial contacts. So we are providing access. We are opening doors. We are making sure that everyone has equal opportunity to college internships and to that really that launch pad of of someone's career. No, that's amazing. That sounds like an incredible program. I want to kind of just talk a little bit about the pandemic. I thought by this time I'd be saying (laughs) post-pandemic, sadly. Sadly, I am not, you know, but I think it's really important to sort of look at at what's happening and especially with women in the workforce during this pandemic or the great exodus, I should say, of women in corporate America and kind of what's happening there. And I guess I would just love your take on overall, you know, women leaving the workforce and sort of what we can do to sort of support them. And then also just really about remote working and how it affects women's advancement, you know, when you can't build those face-to-face networks, like how is this going to change, you know, and then that's going to obviously affect how you train your girls in leadership. No, it's such an important question. And we've all seen the headlines about the she session and that, you know, women have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, especially women and girls of color. And I just want to add in that not only is it the impact on employment, but it's the impact on on shouldering the invisible labor. And that's both for adult women, but then also like in our community, when we're working with our girls of color, it's so common that some of these younger girls are taking on jobs now because they need to help out the family or they're providing sibling care or, you know, they're shouldering a lot of invisible labor. And as a result of that, what we're seeing is a bit of a mental health crisis amongst the girls and young women in our community. I mean, we are seeing record rates of stress, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. So there's a lot going on here and there's a lot to talk about in terms of how women and girls, and especially women and girls of color have been disproportionately impacted. I think remote work, it's important that we talk about it because I do think that's something that can disproportionately impact. I think as employers, as an employer myself at LiveGirl with our team, I'm thinking very intentionally right now about how we bring our team back and how we can do that in a flexible way that meets their needs if they're providing childcare, if they've got kids home from school. So I'm, I'm thinking very intentionally about that. And I'm trying to balance one, getting back in person for some te- you know team collaboration, team planning time. But two, I think as employers, we need to recognize it's forever change and that we've identified efficiencies that can be gained actually by allowing you know more remote work and offering more flexible schedules to our employees, higher you know positivity, higher employee productivity. So it's an important topic. We need to keep talking about it. I don't have the answer. I don't think anyone has the answer. We still need to continue working through this. 
as you bring your workforce back into the office and to make sure that you're not disproportionately impacting women? Well, I think that as women leaders, in many ways, I think that we are the way that we lead is very well suited to, you know, identifying on a more level playing field. I think that that FaceTime when you're at work, right? You know, you see people and you're networking and you're in the office. What I'm hearing is a lot of leaders are like, well, how do I know? I mean, sure, they're doing good work, but beyond that, how do I really know who's that next good leader and identifying that? And I think that unfortunately, women are going to have to work all the harder to be seen to be heard, to make sure that on that Zoom call or whatever that is, that they are going outside their teams and building those networks. I just have two points to that. One, you're right. You know, women need to take up more space in general, whether that's in real life, in person, in the office or on Zoom. Women need to get more comfortable with leaning in and taking up more space and really making sure that their voice is heard. The second point is that this is why We need more women in positions of power and leadership. That representation is so important. And I go back to earlier this summer in Wall Street, all the big banks started to say that we're bringing all of our workforce back in, you know, as of June 1st or whatever the date was. And Jane Frazier, kind of the lone CEO of Citibank said, you know, wait a minute, I need to really think through how that impacts our workforce. And really, I don't think I can say everyone back in the office until the schools are back in person. So that's just one powerful example of why we need more women in positions of power and leadership and why representation is so important. Right. Because we've walked in those shoes. We know that if school's not back in, we're in trouble. (laughs) When, what are we going to do? How are we going to get back in? And then how are you going to find childcare when it's so scarce these days as well? So I think it's, it's about perspective. It's a very, very different perspective that women have on this. So let's talk a little bit more about, you mentioned mental health and the challenges and what you're seeing in record numbers with young women. And what do you think is happening with young women, young people in general, really this generation and sort of the mental health challenges? And what can we do to, I don't know, to help them move past that? First is we need to move mental health front and center. And I think we need to get proactive and we need to keep talking about it and keep addressing the stigma around mental health. I mean, I will tell you that both as a parent and working with youth, it's so prevalent right now in terms of, you know, the stress anxiety. I think the isolation has hit some people harder than others. You know, there's different psychological theories on this. You know, I just heard one the other day called the cave theory that the human brain prefers what it knows. And for many, we've been in a cave, we've been more isolated. And so that is our comfort zone now. So it's like, we need to address how we bring people back into this socialization and and making connection to gain the confidence that they need. And just, you know, taking it easy to give everyone needs to take a break, whether it's yourself or for the youth to make sure that they understand that the self-care is the most important thing right now. And how do you think that the leadership training and programming that you've put together for these young women just helps strengthen them? So our work is really skills-based. So we have a very specific leadership skill map where we identify the skills that young girls and young women need to become confident, inclusive leaders. And it starts in middle school, really with teaching them how to lead themselves. I mean, there is building the self-esteem and the social emotional intelligence and the empathy, which are the key building blocks of a confident, inclusive leader. 
And we build empathy by teaching these girls how to build authentic bridges to people whose lives are different from themselves. If we all stay in our own little homogeneous bubbles, we're never going to change the world. We need to really connect with people who are different from ourselves. We need to listen more and we need to build those authentic bridges so that we as leaders can rise up then and have solutions that help everyone. So that starts in middle school and high school. We start to give them the skills to lead other people, whether that's everything from public speaking to conflict resolution. We give them opportunities to lead community impact projects. And then, of course, in college, we're giving them the skills to lead in the workforce. And that is, you know, leaning in. It's the networking. It's, again, the public speaking that really takes through all different ages. But it's really giving these young women the skills that they then can feel the confidence to lead. Mm, yes. As you were saying all these things, I was like, well, everything is narrowing that confidence gap. Right. That's so prevalent in women. And really, I love how you hone in on the specific skills, like really giving them the skills, not just the rah-rah, you know, you can do this support, but really helping them understand what it takes. Helping them feel comfortable busting the gender norms, right? Which emerges young as age five or six. I mean, that's when boys versus girls deviate and girls start to identify really smart people as the opposite sex. So it's really giving them the confidence to break those gender norms, giving them the representation to know that it's possible, giving them visibility to diverse role models so they know it's possible. And, you know, it's really in middle school where a girl's confidence plummets and never recovers. And so that's where we're focusing in starting in middle school and going from there. That's awesome. So a little bit about you personally, is there sort of a go-to piece of advice, either something that you were given that you always go to or something that you always love to give out? Is there something powerful to you? Um, so there is a quote I've heard before and it resonates with me right now because I just dropped my daughter, who is my middle child off at college. She's a freshman at UPenn and we just dropped her yesterday. And that was oh my goodness. quite an emotional day. And the quote is that the days are long, but the years are short. What that sentiment is, is it really keeps you present in the current day, in the current moment. And I think that it's so essential because there's so much chaos. There's so much noise. It's so easy to get ahead of ourselves, but it's really, really important that we just really take that step back and appreciate the day for what it is. Don't worry so much on looking back or looking forward, but just pretty much being intentional with what you can do in that day. During the pandemic, is there a particular blessing or upside or something that, you know, amongst all the the negative things about the pandemic, is there something that has resonated with you? Yeah, for our family, you know, the silver lining was definitely the time together. So I have two college students and a high school freshman and my husband who, you know, prior to the pandemic was doing a long commute and at home that much. I forget the count now. I I think we've lost count, but we had like 160 family dinners in a row. And (laughs) just the time together, you know, was a gift. And I think something that 20 years from now, I'll look back and think, wow, we had that time together with our kids at the time, like when they should have been away to college, but they actually were home doing remote school. To have that time together was a gift that we'll always cherish and always be grateful for. And also we got a puppy during the pandemic. (laughs) Oh, you're one of those, huh? one of those. (laughs) Lucy, our puppy, came to us during the pandemic and I still can't even remember why I agreed to it, but I did. (laughs) Probably (laughs) because somebody else said they would take care of it and do all the walking and all the feeding. I also have a freshman in high school, you know, so I understand we got ours two years ago, but still (laughs) I'm like, didn't you make all these promises? Hang on a minute. Right. That's right. 
tell us how can we get involved with Live Girl? If someone has a daughter, maybe who they want to be part of your program, or if we're just somebody who wants to maybe be a mentor or help in some way, or I don't know if you have donations, how do we get involved with you? Yeah, no, I mean, you can find us at Go Live Girl and our website, we're all of our social media. And if you're a girl anywhere, we have both in-person and digital programs year round, free of charge. We have eight week programs. We have special events, workshops. We have a listen, learn at conversation series. We have our confident podcast. We've got a lot going on. So definitely, I hope for all of your listeners, whether you know, you're a girl in grade five through college or just you know, an adult woman that wants to better understand how they can support the next generation of fierce female leaders. We hope you reach out at Go Live Girl. That's awesome. And I just want to underscore that you said your services were free of charge, which is incredible during this time. I mean, this is a true labor of love and a, a mission for you. And we're so lucky to have women like you who have done the time and now are giving back and sharing all those learnings. If I can just mention one more thing, and sure. it's true, it is a labor of love. We do have a free program called She Cares, which is free one-to-one mental health mentoring. It's on Zoom. So a girl or woman anywhere can take advantage. But again, as we talked earlier, there's a lot of young women who need the support of a mentor right now and we're there for them. So, and that's free. Well, Sherry, thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking to you and just learning about your background and your organization. And we certainly will be watching you to see what you all do next. I'm sure that we will have a next generation of amazing leaders in no small part because of you. We do. Denzi is truly impressive. So (laughs) it's been a delight talking to you, Melinda. Thanks for everything you do with your podcast. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, Subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.